Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you find a career you love, start a business, and generally crush it at life. I'm Justin Gordon, your host and MBA student in the class of 2020 at the USC Marshall School of Business. I've had my hand in entrepreneurship and business since 2012 when I launched Just Go Fitness and now with Just Go Grind. In this episode of Just Go Grind, we have Belma McCaffrey, who is the founder of Work Bigger, a company I absolutely love. Got in touch with her through Aaron Halper and immediately wanted to interview her. I think you're really gonna enjoy this one. Work Bigger essentially works with people to help them find meaningful careers, also working with companies as well. We get into all of that in this episode. We also talk about starting a company while working full-time. She was at the Associated Press actually when she did that. Talk about getting an MBA, how to find meaningful work that actually aligns with your values, something so many people are looking for now. We actually get into her experience at the Associated Press as well, and even talk about how she juggles starting a business, growing this company, while also having a family. Very busy lady. She was absolutely wonderful. I think you're going to enjoy this episode. The show notes are over at justgogrind.com slash podcast. You can support the show at patreon.com slash justgogrind. And over on iTunes, you can leave a rating and review. And also, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. With all that being said, here is Belma McCaffrey from Work Bigger. Welcome to the show, Belma. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Yeah, I'm glad we could do this. When I, I think it was it was Aaron Halper who introduced me to you, and as soon as, as soon as she mentioned what you were all doing, I was like, okay, I definitely want to talk to her. So, thank you very much for the introduction. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I was as I was researching for this specific episode, I was trying to figure out where to even start because there's a lot of different points I want to get to. So I kind of in my head are breaking up into like po- MBA and post MBA and then like pre MBA stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to go go through it that way. So I'm curious about right away the Associated Press experience because you were there for a n- number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious how you got that position. Um, which was, I know it's, it was after, but uh, I'm curious I got that position and what your experience was like there. And then we'll kind of actually jump before the MBA as well. Yeah. So you're right. So I was there for quite some time. I actually had not worked at any other companies as long as I worked at the AP. I was there for almost five years. I started in June of 2013. I was in business school and I applied to an MBA internship there. And I got it. And then I ended up staying, you know, I did my summer internship. It was an incredible experience. I got to work on the AP mobile app. And then after that project wrapped up, I decided, I asked if I could stay part-time because the MBA program that, that I was in at Baruch, the second year, um, a lot of the classes were during the evening. So I asked if I, if I could stay on board part-time and I did, and that was great because I got to work part-time while I was getting my MBA, even though schedule-wise, it was so much work. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, I'm really glad I did it. And then once I graduated, I moved over into a full-time role working with a business development team, which was a new team because the company went through a big reorganization while I was there as an intern. So yeah. Were you looking, I mean, in the MBA program, so was there other places you were looking for an internship or you were interested in, or did you kind of know this was the realm you wanted to get into? Yeah. So I actually applied to a few different places. I applied to an internship at Verizon. 
Um, I forget what that was for, what the specific role was. I also was looking at NBC Universal. So kind of continuing in the media space because my experience was in media before that. Um, so you're jumping around yeah. a little bit, but wanted to continue mm-hmm. in that same type of role. So, so going into business school then for the MBA, you was it more like a, a career accelerator for you then? Just trying to, like, what were you thinking going into business school? I looked at um, business school for two different reasons. I was really trying to make a career pivot, thinking if I should leave the media space altogether, and I also wanted to expand my experience. I had an inkling that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I had no idea what that would look like. I had no idea where to get started. So I thought business school would kind of expose me to some of that and help me figure out my next steps. Yeah. And before that, so you said you were, you were in media before that, Condé Nest, like a big company. What about those, those previous experiences kind of got you to that point where you wanted a pivot? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what made me want to pivot? You know, this is why I started Work Bigger, actually, because I was lucky where I had some really great jobs. And actually, my position at Group M, where I was a media supervisor, it was one of my favorite positions. I got to do a lot of negotiations. I got to manage a team. Um, and even though it was amazing, eventually, something just felt like something was missing for me. Yeah. And I wanted my work to to really mean something and to make an impact. So, yeah, yeah, so that's why I started thinking about the career pivot because I wasn't clear on what my big vision was. I wasn't really pursuing jobs with a clear intention. I was kind of just letting them come at me and I was taking them because the salary was good and it was, you know, a promotion or, you know, whatever other reason, you know, whatever that checkbox is, you know, that, that we're supposed to check off as we advance in our careers. And then I realized, you know, I really, I wanted to spend my life being more intentional with my work. Yeah. And from other people I've talked to about this same type of thing, like it be, it seems like this becoming more and more of a thing where people are actually stepping back a little bit and thinking about their career and thinking more of like more than just money or salary, thinking of like actually what do they really want from their career? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, knowing that you did that exact same thing as well and then got the MBA and we'll talk about work bigger in a little bit. Um, I think that's inspiring for people. Um, people I've talked to as well, like that type of thing, it always makes me think like, yeah, like you should go after what you want, you know, like, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of people that don't do that. So I'm curious as to why you think then you went from like, you know, the salary, good salary and everything you wanted, you thought you checked the boxes of, like going from that to actually making the decision to change. Was it like a certain day that you finally knew? Was it like, I'm curious, like that process for you to get to that point where you actually yeah. decided to jump and go the MBA route? No, it was a lot of days. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a lot of moments. Um, you know, I don't know. I just would come home after working and I just would be like, now what? Or I would, there'd be times in whatever job I had where we'd be super busy and times when things would be super quiet. And I would think, okay, like things are really quiet right now. I should be doing something more with yeah. my time. So I think it was just a lot of moments of asking myself, like, is this really what I want to do? Do I feel fulfilled? And answering no, like I wasn't feeling really fulfilled. 
and from that, so knowing that you weren't feeling ready for Philip from these jobs, and even though they may have had obviously good parts to them, clearly, like, don't necessarily hate like the whole thing about it, but right. you decided to go to the MBA route. Was there anything else you were considering besides that? Because obviously you could have maybe switched positions or gone for a different degree, or why was yeah. the MBA the decision? I thought about starting a company, but I didn't know like where to start. I actually wanted to start um, – I wanted to like open up a food truck okay. with my family. Um, so I started doing some research. I read a few books, but I just was not ready, like not nearly ready. Um, and, you know, why business school? Uh, this is another reason. And, you know, I know we'll talk about this more about Work Bigger, but because I feel like that's what people do, right? You're told you don't know what you want to do, like think about, you know, getting a, a, you know, going to grad school and getting a business degree or getting a degree in something else to see if that'll help your career pivot. Right. Right. And it's just, it's so ingrained in us. And that's another thing that I've, you know, I started to question once I did go back to business school and even after, and, you know, now I have a habit of doing that. Like what is, um, what are those things that we're told to do those experiences that we're told we should have? Do we really need to have them? Or can we create something different altogether? Right. Like, is there another option, like another path you mm-hmm. could have chosen? Do you think there's, like, yeah. looking back, I mean, what do you think maybe you could have done instead of MBA? Because I, I know people, a lot of people listen to us either in the MBA program or they maybe have thought about it. I've talked to some of my friends who are thinking about getting an MBA um, and they're not quite sure. But would there be anything different you maybe could have done instead of the MBA? Yeah. So I definitely don't regret getting my MBA. Yeah. I think for me, it was a great decision because I ended up meeting so many amazing people. And my first company that I started was with two friends who I met in business school. So I needed to go through that experience. But what would I do differently? Well, I would probably take a design thinking course if I'd been clear on what it was that I wanted to do. If I if I could have undergone like a coaching program or something that would have helped me figure out what my career path is, I probably would have jumped into entrepreneurship right away yeah. versus going to business school, taking another full-time job and then building a company on the side. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of ways yeah. you can go, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think now, like now there's a lot more options too, in order, like if you want to, to be an entrepreneur and that's something that you know, you have a lot of options to, to, you know, to join, to join a program, to learn design thinking. There's so many communities, there's way many more resources now than I would say there are when I was trying to, to get started. Yeah. So that, that's awesome. So with design thinking, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I had a class like three hours ago that we literally just talked about design thinking. Um, for, you, for you though, what, is that, what does that mean for you exactly? What do you mean by that? Yeah. So design thinking to me is like learning to fail fast, right? So learning to create a product, test it really quickly, get feedback, and then iterate, pivot as you go. I I, um, participated in a design thinking boot camp while I was working at the Associated Press. And it was a week long. It was incredible. It was it was amazing. And I used a lot of those lessons to build work bigger. Like a lot, you know, a lot of the stuff that we learned there, a lot of the principles, a lot of the resources they shared. I adopted that mindset. What, 
And that's how I built our programming. Was there anything in particular, any, any specifics? I love details if, if possible. If you remember any particular things you learned there that kind of stuck in your head or stuck around till now? Yeah. One of my favorite experiences was when they had us go out and speak to random people, Ooh. like showing the products that we were developing and going to random New Yorkers on the street. <laughs> it felt so uncomfortable, yeah. but it was one of my favorite aspects of the, the program because you get to experience that discomfort. And it's only when you experience that discomfort that you can then grow past it. And I realized, I'm like, wow, this is such a great way to collect feedback. But, you know, sometimes we get so stuck and we get so, like, you don't want to, like, they say this a lot, like, get out of the building, right? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes because of whatever fears that, that come with starting a company or even putting yourself out there, you don't end up, like, leaving the building. You can end up sitting in your, you know, in your house, like, focusing on things that aren't as relevant, that aren't really going to push your business forward. So that showed me that you can put yourself out there. And also people were so friendly. And we had these amazing conversations with these strangers. And that was such a positive experience. Yeah. So I mean, luckily, you were able to do that through that program, which a lot of times, it, yeah, getting out of your comfort zone needs someone to help push you into that position. We don't tend to do mm -hmm. it as much ourselves. They'll it can be learned to do more of it, but it's always tough, it seems like. You know, yes. One thing you mentioned earlier about the food truck idea you had, right? Um, with that, I'm, I'm right away it came to my head, like, why did you think you weren't ready? Like, what, what about that time made you think you weren't ready? Because I know a lot of people who are thinking about starting ideas, and I've talked to some people even in the MBA program at USC who have ideas, and they aren't quite ready. What for you made you think you weren't ready at that time? Yeah, and I should clarify, right? Because I was never ready with anything I started. Sure. Like I wasn't ready to start my first company bold. I wasn't ready to start work bigger. So, and I think that that's an, that's an important thing to call out because we shouldn't wait until we're ready. And I, I know like we hear that all the time. So, right. But what made me not ready at that point? Um, there were so many things <laughs> like when I was exploring, like starting a food truck or opening up a food truck, it was a really complicated process like you need some money right yeah. to get started you need a license you need to figure out a location you need to figure out the food so it couldn't it wasn't something that I wanted to do on my own it was something that I wanted to do with like a couple of my family members and it just you know it just wasn't it wasn't you know it wasn't working like I talked to my brother-in-law about <laughs> like working with me and it just you know I my mom who's an amazing cook she's incredible she has these um she i don't know um if your audience know that have you ever heard of like spinacopita it's like um a greek dish i have not what, what it's is like it? a spinach pie okay. and i'm totally like miss you know i can say it. it's <laughs> it's a it's a greek dish but it's really popular in albania which is where i'm okay. from and my mom makes these amazing spinach pies they're delicious and everyone's obsessed with them and i was like we should start a food truck where we sell these spinach pies and i would get all of these ideas but i didn't have um, i didn't have the resilience or the confidence to to really get anything like that started right. at that, at that or time. the overhead and all of that yeah so i mean compare that then to the experience of your first company bold so what was that mm -hmm. how how did that get started and how was that a matter of like you weren't not necessarily ready but you actually made it happen what happened with that like so why, are like, you asking like, like why did i start bold but like not the right, food truck right yeah 
So it was bold. It was easier. If I could think about like the kind of business that bold was, it just felt like lower hanging fruit. And it started in a way that didn't require any money. It just was me and two of my partners. And we hosted a workshop or an event Mm -hmm. where we were talking about um, women's leadership and the leadership gap. And we hosted it at WeWork. So all it required for us was to book a room send out an evite and invite a group of 10 women to come and engage in discussion. And that was it. So that was so much easier than, you know, something like a food right. truck where you need like a license and money and all much of that. Much more daunting going the food truck route for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where did the idea for Bolt yeah. come from? Ah, so me and two of my friends, Laura and April, we took a social entrepreneurship class in business school. And one of our one of the homework assignments, or really the the assignments we had for the semester, was to come up with a business idea. And the three of us all had similar experiences with our careers in that we had a personal pain point around finding work that we felt really connected to. Also, as women, we experienced a, our experiences was different than that of men just because of the leadership gap. Yeah. You know, that's, we didn't often see like, because of the leadership gap, it just felt like we were dealing like gender bias and the implications that that had on us three as individuals. So we became really, really passionate about solving that problem. So that brought us together and, you know, we started building this idea and when we started it in, in our class, and this is one of the things that our professor taught us, it was at, like what felt really natural for me to do okay. because I'd worked in corporate my entire career was to plan everything, right? And have a business plan and do all of that stuff. But the idea and the biggest things we learned from the, the class was don't create a business plan, just get out of the building and go do something. So that was that was really valuable. Yeah, and, and how long did you do bold for it was a couple years yeah it was actually almost two years if you count like the semester in school that we were working we started like our class started in you know january of 2014 so february of 2014 we hosted our first event and then we shut it down in november of 2015 with that first event so you had this idea for this this company and you want to host these events how did it go (laughs) how was the first one it was really good. It was amazing. We were a small group. I think there were maybe eight or 10 women in the room, but there was a lot of energy from the group. They were really excited to talk about the topics. We did some sort of coaching exercise, and I can't remember what that is now, um, but April, who had experience in learning and development, brought an exercise for all of us to work through, and it was really powerful. It was great. I had so much that's fun. Awesome. After that event, like, how are you yeah. feeling after that first event? Because like, that's your first thing for your company. You have that first event. How are yeah. you feeling then? And where did you go from there? I was like on a high. <laughs> I was so excited. Like, I want to do yes. this again. And we, we did. We hosted more of them. We hosted another meetup. We like brought a few women together at a bar. That one didn't go okay. so well. The turnout was lower. And we felt it too. Like nowadays, like if I host a meetup and it doesn't go well, like, okay, let's move on to the next one. I don't really think about it that much. But, you know, at that point, because I was just getting started that I was like, oh my God, we're failures. (laughs) So it was like, it was a lot harder to deal with then. But 
you know, um, that, so we hosted that one and then, and then we just kept hosting them. We ended up splitting, um, my partners and I, after we graduated and I continued hosting the events on my own until they came back on board, I think early 2015 or the end of 2014. And for these events, like how often were you putting these on? How are you organizing these? I'm curious on the logistics. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think maybe we did two or three, maybe three while we were still in business school. And then after we finished, after we graduated, I want to say I hosted maybe three to five more. So monthly, I was working full time. So after I graduated from business school, I accepted a full time role at the AP. And I also found out I was pregnant. So yeah, so mm -hmm, all the things. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, but I, I tried to do them not monthly, but maybe every okay. other month. And what what was that? So you said you're working full time at AP while building this on the side. What was that experience like managing your time with those two things? It was hard. I mean, yeah, it was tough. It was tough because I'd never done anything like that before. And I became really, really passionate about Bold and I really wanted to see it succeed and I wanted to make it my full-time gig. So emotionally, I invested a lot into it. And I would say that probably took up more time than the logistics of coordinating an event. I wasn't doing too much at the time. Like, I mean, I was hosting the events and I started a newsletter and I was reaching out and connecting with people and curating speakers and, you know, like planning all the events and leading them and moderating them. So it was a lot of work. Um, But I think I tend to be super organized (laughs) and I think that helped a lot and just helping like, you know, just keep, keep all of everything I had to do in order. Yeah. To manage both of those things. Was the, I I don't know how demanding, Mm -hmm. how demanding was Associated Press with, I have no idea what what type of role it is. Some, you know, some companies were nine to five, some were like, eight to eight I've heard like what is that like what was that like yeah it was nine to five thirty so otherwise it wasn't bad at all it was perfect in in that sense um the business development group it was new when I joined so it was me and the VP of business development and then we ended up bringing on another team member I want to say a year or so later so yeah so the work I mean the work we were doing was really important because we were looking to drive revenue for the AP outside of their traditional business model, which is content licensing. So it was, in a way, a really entrepreneurial role within a very large old organization. Yeah, so, yeah, so it was a really good fit for me in that sense. And it took us a, a couple of months to like ramp things up. So in the beginning, it wasn't like I was crazy busy, but my boss was also, you know, he had high expectations, so making sure – and I hadn't worked with him before because I'd been on another team when I was an MBA intern. So working with him and making sure that, you know, we had a good relationship was super important to me. So, you know, I didn't I didn't want to let him down. I wanted to make sure I was delivering on, on all of our projects. Yeah, and I know you mentioned, like, obviously being entrepreneurial and having those types of thoughts, even the reason to go to business school. And from talking to other people – definitely interested in business development. What drew you to business development or like strategy type of things? Yeah, I've always loved strategy work. It has always felt very creative for me and just allows me to exercise a part of my brain that makes me really happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Yeah. And it's the, the work that I was doing in media planning and buying was often strategic because, you know, it just required like a different type of thinking. It wasn't, I guess it's hard to explain, but yeah, that stuff that I was doing was strategic. And then when I went over to Condé Nast and I was working with a sales team to do negotiations and help them with client contracts and doing all like helping them with their client negotiations, that was a very business development yeah. role. And, and I really like that. I really, I love business. Business development is so broad too. Like I know it, it could mean one thing at one company and something else at another company. For me, I really enjoy the partnership aspect. And at the Associated Press, that was one of the things that I did. I led one of them. Um, I led this new partnership program, which was called Emerging Solutions, where the idea was we would partner with uh, tech companies and like, whatever tools that we were using in the newsroom, we would um, share those with our customers. And on a partnership level, we we collect a revenue okay. share from from these tech partners. And I created that program, and it was so much fun. I, I love the partnership aspect. I got to do all the negotiations and build the relationships with with the the different tech companies, and it was really fun. Even today, with work bigger, like business development is one of the obviously <laughs> one of the key things that I do, and, and I love it. Yeah, and so. like you said, it's kind of in terms of being entrepreneurial and having that type of thought process already. Business development strategy type of thing is essentially entrepreneurs are always visionaries and planning and like strategizing those types of things as well. So um, it's one of those things mm-hmm. too, where if you have if you are like an entrepreneur, like not necessarily want to have your own company like yet. You could have that within another company like the Associated Press. Like your role, your role, for example, yes. doesn't have to necessarily be your own company right away because you can still have that flexibility in this type of role, it seems like. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. The it, That's the thing. Like I wasn't working 12-hour days. It wasn't anything crazy like that. So I was able to to build something on the side, at least, you know, up until the point where my son was born, because then I didn't really have evenings and weekends, but before he was born, I had evenings and weekends right. to, to work and on And you it. said your son being born as well. So well, I'm trying to think in the timeline of this all. So work bigger. When did you start work bigger then? Yeah. So we shut down bold in November of 2015. So my son was, he was born in March. So he was like eight eight or nine months old. Um, and then I launched the work bigger blog two months later. And I think the exact date is like January 18th, 2016. So my son wasn't even a year. He was 10 months. That's ambitious. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when I started the blog, I said to myself, I'm only going to do this if I can do it from a place of health. I burned out really badly with bold. And it's one of the reasons why we weren't able to get it off the ground. Um, I wasn't, I just was, I was exhausted. I was not really strategic with building the business. I just was doing things like trying to get to this end goal and it was really draining and it wasn't working. So with work bigger, I said this, this time it's, it's going to be different. I'm not making those mistakes again. I'm not going to burn out. I'm going to be really mindful and I'm going to work on myself because I really wasn't, I wasn't taking care of myself. I was just, yeah, trying to reach this goal, which was kind of crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and so, you mentioned this yeah. like being more, so you weren't as strategic when you were at Bold, you burnt out. That's the issue with a lot of people, the whole burnout thing. I, 
Like, how is it? Mm-hmm. How did you approach work bigger differently than bold? Yeah. So I started the blog, and you know, my goal was to just send out one article a week. And I made that the focus for a couple of months. And then I decided that if I was going to build a business that I needed to cut back to part-time at the AP. And that took a while. So I think I approached my boss, I want to say two to three months into starting the blog. Because after I started the blog, I started building a curriculum about how to find your mission and how to find your purpose out, like yeah. with work. How do you find that emotional connection and really fill that void that everyone's looking to fill? So when I saw that I was building this curriculum and I saw that, you know, there was like some traction with the blog, then I said, I'm going to have to cut back to part time to, to make this work. And it was a three and a half month negotiation with me and the AP. Um, it was really scary. I didn't want to do it because I thought they're going to be like, are you crazy? Like you're starting a business? Like, no, like you're fired. Um, but they didn't do that. My boss was really supportive and really understanding. And even, you know, and it took, like, I wasn't sure if I was going to get the part-time role. And after seeing that it was taking so long to get the approval, I actually decided to resign. And I said, you know, I'm going to, I'll figure it out. If I have to get a bunch of freelance gigs, consulting work, whatever it is, I'll make it happen. And I ended up resigning. And then after I resigned, my boss was like, just give me two more weeks. And I did. And he came back and I was able to transition to part-time by August, August of 2016. And in September, we launched the pilot program for Work Bigger. And that was my proof of concept. As soon as um, also leveraging design thinking, right, going back to the design thinking, I put this idea out there. I had this very rough framework that I'd been building and shared it with some people. And I said, do you want to go through this four-week program? It's all about finding your purpose. I charged a fee for it. It wasn't a lot, but that's, you know, I just wanted, I wanted to charge something and we had signups immediately. And that's where I knew I was like, okay, this is needed. Like I have my proof of concept and now I can just continue building and iterating. And that's something definitely design thinking and also in terms of like um, lean startup mentality, like can you validate your idea is Mm -hmm. very important. So you always want, you want to get paying customers. You you made this, how long did that take to develop that curriculum exactly? It took a while because I was, um, I was working full time. Right. So I'm trying to think, I want to say maybe a couple of months. It probably took a couple of months and I tested it with a lot of different people and I had never built curriculum before. So it just, it kind of just like came out of me, like a lot of it from, from right, like writing the blog helped because that's where I started to see what kind of content was resonating with people. And also just so happened to be that I was also writing about my own personal journey and so I was able to lean on the blog for, for the curriculum and then leverage like other people who like I would create a rough framework, share it with them. They would answer some questions. And then from there, I would figure out how to like pivot or really build on the curriculum yeah. from there. And that's, that's, that's amazing. It's like there's so many people that have ideas and they just build something, don't talk to customers. Like you said, they're kind of just in the office. They don't get out of the office to actually 
get feedback from it. <laughs> and it's, it's really important yeah. to get feedback early on. So you don't waste time building something yeah. no one wants. <laughs> like that's a, a huge issue, obviously. Um, and, to, and, to, and to that point, yeah. like, what is this curriculum? Can you talk about it a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's continuing to evolve, by the way, and I'll, I could share a little bit more about that. But the Work Bigger program, it's an eight-week program, and actually we can execute it in eight weeks. You can do it one-on-one -on -one if you want to take longer, you want to take three months, or, you know, it's it's yeah. very flexible. But basically, it's broken up into two parts. The first part is all about finding your mission and doing the deep work that's required to help you get clarity on what you want to do. So that means digging really deep into past experiences to help you identify what your why is and what your interests are and what is your key driver. And we also do a lot of values assessment. So values are really important in helping you align with the right company. So when people say they're disconnected from their company, they're not really excited about it. There's usually a values disconnection, right? So we do a lot of values assessments to help people get clear on what they stand for so that they can go and choose those companies that, that align with that. And then the third piece is strengths and weaknesses. So helping people figure out what their strengths are, how they can leverage those in their work. We've actually had people, once they do like the strengths and weaknesses portion, they're able to even expand their job role because they have a sense of what their strengths are. Like you take an assessment or you know, you go out and get feedback and it really gives you a clear picture of this is what you're good at. And it's really powerful for people to see that down on paper. And then with opportunities, because everyone who goes through the Work Bigger program is super ambitious. So like getting clear on your weaknesses or opportunities shows you what you need to do next to level up as a leader. So when people say like, I want to, I want to be challenged. I you know, that's really important for me to, to just, like, I hear that all the time. Like, I want a challenge. Well, then you need to be clear on, like, what your growth areas are so that you can constantly be leaning into those. And when you, if you don't know what those are, it's a lot harder to do that. Yeah. You're going to get bored with your job. So then after we do all of these assessments, all this deep work, then from there, students are able to put together a rough mission statement that is supposed to be sort of a compass to help them figure out what their what their bigger vision is for their career, right? But we iterate because the, the goal is to stay super flexible. It's not like this is the mission statement and this is my path for yeah. life. It doesn't work like that. Um, but it's supposed to it's supposed to be like a like a guidepost. Um, after we do that, we focus on execution. And the execution piece can look differently. So when we work with companies, the execution piece is all about like career mapping within your organization and finding how your mission fits within your current company and what is your path now. And that's an area that I see like a lot of people are struggling, like they don't necessarily want to leave their company, but they can't, they don't know what their career path is within their organization because they don't have the coaching and the, the mentorship to figure it out. But yeah, so, so there's a career mapping within the organization, but then there's also, if somebody's looking to change careers, because we work with individuals too, we help you um, find a new nine to five. So we do a lot of work like on that piece with executing that or starting your own business. So helping people, like test our first pilot, leveraging design thinking so that, you know, 
And then we do like from there, there's, there's some bonus leadership training, personal branding, negotiation training, all of that is included in the work bigger program. So yeah, but on the company side, so it was actually never my intention to work with companies, but last year, Oath, um, which is a part of Horizon, and they own Yahoo and AOL. When Yahoo and AOL merged, there was a lot of, it was a really difficult situation. So they reached out to us to do a workshop for their women's group. And that was my first experience working with companies. And we went in and we did a workshop on finding your purpose and your mission. And it was really powerful. We had a lot of women crying in the group because that like that's what happens when you feel disconnected from from your work or when you don't always feel you know when you feel really stuck and you don't want you don't want to leave like the women there they're just trying to figure out what their career path was within their organization and it's hard sometimes when companies go through reorganizations and there's a lot going on to to have that space it's a lot easier to do when there's a third party yeah. in the room right because i'm not like we're not biased or there's like they just are able to to like put their wall down. So it was really nice to be able to hold that space for them and to talk about, to help them figure out what their like purpose is within their, the company. So we did that and that was the beginning of it. And now we're continuing to work with companies, um, finance, tech, and media seem to be the sweet spot for us right now. Um, media, because that's my background. So I know the, I know what it's like to work in the media industry. So I understand the struggles there. And I also understand the business struggles, which are very much connected to people not being able to find the right career path because the media industry is moving so fast that it's challenging sometimes. Like how do you navigate your career in that industry? There's things changing so much and it's had a lot of issues, I would say in the past few years. Um, Finance, we did a, a negotiation workshop with Merrill Lynch last night, which was awesome. amazing. We had, I want to say, yeah, maybe 40 women in the room. And it was just uh, like awesome just being able to talk about all of these career issues openly in a way that, you know, just people can just share what they're experiencing. So, yeah, so we do a lot of stuff like that. My And then, you know, we'd like to bring our online programming to companies as well because that's a more scalable solution. So hopefully that's, um, hopefully, yeah, we'll do, we'll be able to do more of that. Yeah. In the I mean, coming months. Awesome to grow this even yeah. more w- awesome with the online programming. Is it videos? Is it just, uh, it- like guides mm-hmm. written? Like what, what exactly does that look like? Yeah, it's a series of modules and we have videos and worksheets, stuff that, you know, like just worksheets that people yeah. need to work through. Um, and then audio trainings too, depending on the module, like wherever okay. it's. And needed. how are people typically finding you? Because even like some like big companies, like how are how are they hearing about you, or how are they finding you? And are you? Is it more of them coming to you now at this point? Or are you reaching out to other people? How does that dynamic work? I'm still doing. Yeah. I'm still reaching out. Yeah. So I'm still doing a lot of outreach. Like I only left the AP in May, so this whole summer has been me building relationships with the right companies that are values aligned with work bigger and are forward thinking and they really care about their employees and retaining them and engaging them. So I've spent the summer trying to connect with those companies. Um, And then how do people find us? So we have, 
I mean, there's our website. So people tend to find us online. We also have a community and our community is growing really nicely. It's There's 400 members in our group. And I would say half are in New York, nice. about 50%. Um, that's another way. Also just these workshops that we do, like we've done workshops with Hired, the financial gym and other you know, other companies, I think it's just word of mouth and people sharing, sharing about work bigger and also just being out there. Like I, I feel, yeah, like we received a feature in Forbes last week, which was awesome. Congrats. Um, so like, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I was really excited to see that. So just, yeah, I think different ways. The internet definitely, definitely helps. helps. And yeah, getting some media coverage, media exposure is surely helpful. And as long as you can leverage that to, to make something of it, of course. Um, how yes. at this point, so you're full, you're full time into work bigger. You left Associated Press, have a family. <laughs> how do you juggle all of those mm -hmm. things now at this point? What helps you manage those things, I guess? Um, what helps me manage it all? Um, like putting health first. So like that means okay. like mental health, physical health. Um, and then also just doing what, like remembering that, like why I'm doing all of this, right? It's, it's not easy to start a company, but I'm doing it because I get a lot of joy from it. And also it's, you know, it's, I also want to teach my son something from this experience. So tapping into that as much as possible helps a lot. And then, yeah, just like health, like trying, I, I'm not as good with like physical <laughs> exercise. I'm trying to get a lot better at it. I've gotten much better this year. I'm like super proud of myself. I've been going to more yes. workout classes with my sister and my friends and it's, it's really awesome. And I, I love when I do it. But trying to do that and then, you know, meditation and journaling are super helpful for me just to process, to process like whatever's yeah. coming up during the week, like the moments that are not always great or the moments that are really stressful. Yeah. It's, I, I'm yeah, curious it's, about more of your journaling and meditation because I've, I've used the five minute journal if you've heard of that before. Um, yeah. Yes, for a while yeah. now. I mean, probably, I don't know what one I'm on. They're like six months each. I'm probably on five or six. It's awesome. I, I love Do you it. like it? Um, it's just that, you know, that little bit in the morning, a little bit in the evening, it just kind of levels you, keeps you grounded and reminds you of what's important. Um, is that what you use? Mm -hmm. or do you use another type of thing for journaling? I was using the five minute journal and then now I just like journal. I have like my, I, I, I there was one point when I literally had like three <laughs> journals because I would need to like write yeah, down so much to whatever, what mm -hmm. I was trying to process. Yeah. So I use my phone actually, and then I have just, you know, a regular journal. So I haven't been using the five minute journal as much this year, but yeah, I mean, I just find it helpful for like processing. I think oftentimes because we're so busy, we just want to like keep going, going, going and like getting through our to-do list. And I don't, I find that that's really exhausting and not effective. And it, that's also not helpful with decision-making. So I find that if I can give myself time to process whatever is happening with the business and outside of the business, then I can make much better decisions. Yeah. And you mentioned med meditation as well. What does that for you include? Mm -hmm. Is it like one of the apps, like a Headspace or a Calm? Is it something else? What is that? Yeah. So I've, I don't, I found Insight Timer. Okay. 
So that's an app that I've used from time to time and I, and I like it. And it's kind of addicting because it like tells you how many days you've done it consecutively. <laughs> so it makes you feel like a winner yep. when you're like, sweet, I've done it like eight consecutive days. I feel so good about myself. So yeah. I use, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I use that sometimes or sometimes I'll just listen to music on YouTube. And yeah, awesome. it's, and I, you know, there's some days I'm super consistent with it. And then other days, like where I'll go like days without doing it. But if I'm not, then I'm definitely like journaling. Yeah. So one, you're still doing one of them typically every day. Okay. Yes. That yeah. Makes a lot of sense. And, and yeah. And I, and that's okay. Right. Cause I like, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, Oh, like, I haven't meditated in like seven days. I'm like, but wait a minute. I've done all this other stuff. That's not like <laughs> the point is to like process. Right. It's, and to give yourself that break, it's not about sticking to this one thing. Right. It's not about the meditation itself for, per se. Exactly. Yeah. It's about the benefit. Right. And if I can get that benefit in another way, like why not? But it's funny to think about that because even like, yeah, driven entrepreneurs and stuff, they're like, do you want to do that though? Like it's part of the thing. Like, oh, I have to meditate. Boom. Check off the list. Like I did it. And like, but what are we actually doing it for? It's back to that point of like, mm-hmm. before, like why? Like why am I doing things? Um, Mm-hmm. So I find the same thing. I've, I've I've done it different times where I've had I've meditated consistently. It was through Calm. It was also it gave you like a list like how many days in a row. So I did the same exact thing, and then I, I nice. somehow stopped. And then I'm like, well, now my streak is gone, so I'm not going to do it. Anymore. I know. I hate I it. It makes you feel like a loser. I so much. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious with with the business, and this is something I've always kind of thought of. Um, there's a mix between you know creating and doing, and then stepping back. Um, what do you do to learn more to, I guess, you know, self-growth? Do you listen to podcasts, audiobooks? Do you read? Do you, like, how are you learning exactly? Yeah. I mean, I think I do all of that. I, and I think, again, like we have access to so many resources and so much information that I feel like most people are, are doing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love it. So I'll, I'll do anything from working with a coach for a period of time to taking an online course that really interests me to reading. I'm actually, I'm usually reading like one or two books at a time. Um, I listen to podcasts. Yeah, all that stuff. We have like, we have so many resources available today. It's almost hard not to do all of that. Any particulars you like? Podcast, books, anything? So, hmm. By the way, you can always tell me oh. after as well, and I can add them to the show notes. Just, just a heads up. Oh no! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. There's this one book I actually just bought, and it's about Abraham Lincoln, and I can't remember the title, but that's on my list to read next. And I think it's, I think I bought it because it has. I think it's going to have some great lessons in there about community building. So I'll share that with you after. Um, but I'm excited to read that one. I'm also reading right now the, the Seed of the Soul by Gary Zukov, okay. which is more of a spiritual book, but it's really fascinating. Um, I'm reading that, and then for podcast, I haven't. Been, there's two podcasts that that I love. One is Startup Pregnant, which I discovered from a friend a couple months ago, and it is like the resource that I've been waiting for for a really long time. It's about entrepreneurs who are also parents and I think it's both men and women and I think that's so needed because I have always wanted more and more stories of parents who are building businesses and then how they 
manage the two. Um, so that's a, a podcast that I love. And then Jess Lively, she, um, she talks about things like law of attraction and she's just, she's a really good teacher. I'm actually taking one of her courses right now. Um, so I really like her. And then I, I do like Oprah super soul because it makes me happy <laughs> and gives me joy. So I listen to that. Perfect. No, there's, there's so many options too. That's why when I ask someone, I'm, I'm always curious if there's any similarities or like what I've heard before, because there's always so many new ones and you find these hidden gems that someone mentions something and then you're like, oh my God, that's amazing. But you can yeah. hear about it through the grapevine eventually. But yeah, there's so many, so many yeah. resources out there for people, you know, whether they, to your point, like having a family and running a business, that is something where it's, I can only imagine what, that, what that's like. And eventually that will, that will happen for me. But that seems like a, a massive challenge and a massive like thing where you really need to prioritize and have those things just set up right away. Like, this is what's important. This is how I'm going to allow myself yeah. to work or not. Uh, clear boundaries between that, but it, I'm sure it's difficult. Yeah. It makes you better though, you know? And I think for a long time I was especially when I was pregnant, I was so terrified of how having a baby was going to change me, but it actually made me a lot better. And the whole health thing that I was talking about, I wouldn't have dealt with a lot of that stuff, like the mental health and like not working from a place of stress and working from working from a place of health. Like I would not, I probably wouldn't have been forced to do that yeah. if I wasn't a parent because it just shifts your perspective. Like having my son made me realize I'm like, I, like I want to be present for him and I want to be my best for him. So I imagine if I'd waited to have him, then I probably would have, I, I mean, I don't know, right? You yeah. can't say, but it, I probably would have been operating from that place of like, let me just achieve this goal and that is the purpose versus like, no, like let me really enjoy what I'm doing. Like that's actually the purpose. Otherwise, why am I doing right. it? So it, yeah, so I, I do think, um, I think, I do think it makes you better. Yeah. It's, I mean, I've, I've have heard that before and it makes sense because it, it forces you <laughs> to prioritize and really think about what, mm -hmm. what is important versus the other situation where you may not even realize it, but at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, you, you achieve this goal. And so what, then what? Like <laughs> there's yeah. more to yeah. just that goal, even though as entrepreneurs tend to be very, very focused on that goal only and not like, how does that fit into your life? What do you actually want out of this? What would be next anyways? So there's a whole thing. With yeah. That. I just have one or two questions left. I know you have to time constraint here, but one of the big ones is what do you think makes for a great career? Yeah. Um, I think doing something that this sounds corny, but like doing something that fulfills you, like really doing something that is in alignment with what makes you happy. Really? Like that's it. And I, and I think it, it could be that simple. Yeah. Like doing something that, that excites you and challenges you and helps you grow. I, that's, I see for me anyway, and I don't think career should be this way for everyone, but for me, I see career as a, a path to, to growth. And I always think like, what could happen if, if we could leverage our work? Like if everybody was happier at their jobs, like how much more creative could we be? 
and how much better would this world be? Right. Yeah. So it's, I feel like we'd be really leveraging our talent. So I think if you're doing something that brings you joy, that's, that's amazing. And that makes for a great career. Yeah. Sounds like a great, great way to put it with work better. What's next for you and that, what do you want to do next with work better? What's your hope for that? With work yeah. bigger? With work bigger. Sorry. With, yeah. Oh, it's okay. Um, what do I want to do next with work bigger? Um, I would love, we're going to continue growing the community. It's a key part of, of the vision and what we're building. Um, continue to grow the media platform. I do have a media background after all, and I believe in the power of media and information and creating amazing content. Um, so continue to grow that and then continue to partner with companies that are values aligned and want to help solve the, you know, the turnover issue and the employee disengagement problem that they're facing. So that's what's on the horizon for us. And where can people find you online, reach out to you if they want to, where can they get in touch? Yeah. You can find us at workbigger.co. We're also on Instagram, workbigger. And then if you're a woman, and unfortunately the community right now is for women (laughs) only, Um, but if you're a woman, you can find us on Facebook in the Facebook group, uh, groups slash work bigger. And yeah, we curate the group because we want to make sure it's a safe space where women can share a lot of the struggles that they're facing in the workplace. So we ask that everyone fill the questions and the prompts. Um, but yeah, those are three great places, Facebook, our website, workbigger.co and then Instagram. And if anybody wants to reach out to me, uh, you could do so at info at workbigger.co as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Belma. I appreciate the time today and work, work bigger sounds amazing. Like when I heard about it initially, I like immediately gelled with like what you're trying to accomplish with this. And I think it's extremely important. And it's one of those things that this is where work is going to more purpose, Mm -hmm. more meaning in work. This is where it's going. And anyone who's helping kind of facilitate that, I really admire as I'm trying to do a similar thing as well, because I think it's just that important in the world and it's going to make a huge difference. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. And I really appreciate you having me as a guest on your show. I've had a lot of fun today and, you know, I mean, yeah, I obviously super passionate about this. So I'm really excited (laughs) to, to, you know, to just continue to stay in touch and, and keep this conversation going. Yes, we'll definitely we'll definitely talk more for sure. <laughs> Have awesome. a good one. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind with Belma McCaffrey. Really hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to note it's over at justgogrind.com slash podcast, patreon.com slash just go grind is where you can support the show. And on iTunes, you can leave a rating and review. Also subscribe on there. Thank you so much for your attention for listening to this episode. I hope it helped you. Meaningful work is something a lot of us are after. Many of us should be after, I guess. And this episode hopefully gave you a little bit of guidance on that. And if you've thought about starting a business, hopefully it helped with that as well. Many more guests on the way. Looking forward to putting those episodes out and having every one of you listen to them. Hope you have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye.